Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. My name is Nate Thurston, and across from me is Charles Chuck Thompson. How's it going on this beautiful Tuesday, Charles? That's right. It's Tuesday. I figured that all. I figured that all myself. And I right know there. you get confused because you don't work much during the day. I know. Every day this, is the same. What show were you telling me about? Uh, I've been watching Ray Donovan. I'm trying to catch up on the last show you told me about. And, and it was it a was it good it's, advice? So far, it's great. Yeah, it was it's good fantastic. advice. That was actually uh, it's called billionaires. Billions. Billions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. Uh, fantastic. It's. Who's more corrupt, the hedge fund or the government? <laughs> it is a fight. Yeah, I don't can't know. can't tell. <laughs> no, Ray Donovan's really good, too. I put off watching it for a long time, and I'm kind of glad I did because now I can watch seven seasons just all in a row, and I don't have to take any breaks between stuff. Like Yellowstone. You know, I was telling you about Yellowstone. I needed someone to tell me whether or not I should keep watching it. I ended up watching like all three seasons and in a couple of weeks and I'm just really mad that I'm waiting on a break right now. That show is mm. crazy, man. Well, you got tell you what. TV time, I guess. I know. Hey, this no, is actually you, uh, you're able to watch TV and work at the same time. I can't do that. I don't, I am very much a, I have to focus on what's going on. I could actually, I could do it, but I would miss something. And so then I would have to pause and go back and rewatch. And then I feel like I'm wasting time. Yeah. So I focus on the show and then I miss stuff on the work. Oh, okay. so you just got to get your priorities in line. That's, that's right. That's, that's your problem. Yeah. By the way, speaking of priorities, you should make it a priority to subscribe to the Good Morning Liberty podcast. Where we talk about life, liberty and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week when we want to. And Nate's favorite TV shows. And all of my favorite <laughs> TV shows. That Billion show, that was a that was some advice from Maurice. He said that was really good and he was right. He was actually really mm -hmm. right about that. So anyway, you want to hit that. Here, uh, he only background watches something he's seen before. Same. Yeah. Like I can watch the same movies to go to bed because I've already seen them. Mhm. Mm so many times. So when I close my eyes at night and I'm laying there in my soft Tempur-Pedic pillar mattress that my granddad mm -hmm. has passed down to me. Yeah. He's had it for years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Tempur-Pedic technology. And I'm falling uh, off to sleep. I don't have to count cheap. I can just, I can play out the scenes in my head as I hear. You said that you on. watch, you watch Shawshank Redemption when you go to sleep. Oh yeah. How yeah. could you fall asleep during that movie? Because I know I the would, whole thing. I would have to watch the whole thing when I started. And then I, I, I saw it on TV the other day. I turned it on and my wife was like, Shawshank Redemption. And I was like, we just have to watch him escape real quick. And I was like, and we just have to just watch the warden, you know, blow his head off and mm -hmm. then start spoiler alert yeah. on this. And uh, and then I'm over here reciting stuff like, I like to think. Well, you know the thing. You know? Yeah. Anyway. Some, anyhow. Some birds aren't meant to be caged. <laughs> you know? Their feathers are too pretty. Last year, over 5 million citizens decided to join the Second Amendment family. And I want each and every one of them to pick up a holster from our friends at We the People Holsters. Starting at just $40, We the People Holsters are custom molded to fit your exact firearm for a quick, smooth draw. Just like my dirty country voice. <laughs> and by the way, your holster that you got, I mean, it's really nice. I've got a great holster. It just draws well, out real fast. I even tried it with my gym shorts on just to make sure that it was a good, quick, fast draw. And mm -hmm. let me tell you, I do. I really do love it. I've got one for my, my Glock 19. And oh. It's it's perfect. They have thousands of options to choose from, even if you got a Glock 19, Glock 27, whatever. 
plus a selection of custom printed holsters, including a line with real tree camouflage. In case you want to, you don't want the deer seeing it. You want to have an invisible holster. Those That's are right. important. While you're there, check out their complete line of patriotic shirts and new EDC tactical gun belt, which comes with their exclusive Talon buckle. It's manufactured 100% in the United States. Great American, great A company. Mm, every holster and gun belt comes with a lifetime guarantee. If it's not a perfect fit, send it back for a full refund. That's a good guarantee. Lifetime. Woo. Let me tell you what, man. And don't forget to pick up some bags of their mouth-watering bacon jerky. That's right. You guys heard that correctly. They got freaking bacon jerky mm. over there. I need to get me some of that. That's full-on American. Show your support for this show right here. Good Morning Liberty Podcast and this great American company. Go to wethepeopleholsters.com slash GML right now and you can get an additional $10 off with the offer code GML10, which we will put all of this in the show notes for you guys. Wethepeopleholsters.com slash GML. That is wethepeopleholsters.com slash GML. Um, so go ahead and go ahead and go ahead, Charles, with the first, uh, the first article here. It's a pretty cool one. I'm going to go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead and do that. Yeah. This coming from reason magazine, state legislators want to nullify federal gun control. Good. Great. We were talking about this in the pre-show, um, with the group, because of course, as you guys know, people in the group are a lot of them are coming to our live episode it's basically like a podcast live we might as well go on tour yeah um it's the 500th episode live it's going to be a lot of fun um we were having a a gun toting conversation in tennessee as of july 1st 2021 uh will be a constitutional carry state and i'm putting that in quotes now because the group reamed me on whether or not <laughs> it was actually a free constitutional or not. It's not completely constitutional not completely, carry. But you can carry a gun concealed or not concealed um, without a permit. Yeah. So that's great. That's great news for the great state of Tennessee. And uh, a lot of state legislators, it looks like, want to nullify all federal gun control. I, just I like agree. Just like they're nullifying pot control. Mm-hmm. As President Joe Biden takes executive action... To find the words that he can't seem to speak. <laughs> no, to strengthen federal gun laws, state legislators across the country are working to weaken their enforcement by emulating immigration activists. Since 1987, Oregon has prohibited law enforcement agencies from arresting or detaining people whose only crime was entering or leaving the U.S. illegally. Hundreds living of, in the U.S. Sorry, living. Entering or living in the U.S. illegally. Hundreds of other jurisdictions have followed suit, becoming so-called sanctuary cities. Now, we've talked about this before, where um, the, a lot of the power that you have is locally. Mm -hmm. Because as big and as monstrous and as terrible as the, the, the federal government is, they don't have much actual manpower when it comes to 330 million people. Unless they're going to call in the... The military, which they... And not even know, that. Can't. There's only like 1.1 million military members. Yeah. It, you think now they would probably... They could annihilate quite a few of the 330 million mm -hmm. residents. But, I don't think they would do it, though. But but you guys saw Vietnam. We couldn't, we couldn't beat people in Vietnam. <laughs> because why? Because the local civilians had uh, weapons and guerrilla warfare tactics. I'd, so there was no winning that war. I didn't see Vietnam. I'm not as old as you are, but I have seen Forrest Gump a bunch that's, of times. And I, that's, that's where what I, get, I was referencing. That's where I get most of my historical events yes. from actually. That's actually Forrest what I was Gump. referencing. Yeah. 
I, I, I wasn't in Vietnam. <laughs> I was referencing the great Forrest Gump who served our country well. Anyway, the, the point is the federal government only has their power only can really go as far along as the states are willing to cooperate with them because they need local law enforcement most of the time to bring down suspects because they don't they just don't have enough people. The methods that we use to uh, the methods that we need to use are the ones already being used by the left, says Anthony Sab- Sabatini, a Republican member of the Florida House of Representatives. Nullifying unconstitutional federal laws is both legal and the right thing to do. And that's exactly what our founders talked about as well. Sabatini is co-sponsoring a Florida bill that would bar state employees from enforcing or att- or attempting to enforce any of the several listed federal gun controls, including taxes, registrations, bans, and more. State employees who violate the prohibition would be permanently barred from working for Florida's government. How about that? I just want to say Sabatini endorsed, pushed by Young Americans for Liberty. Mm-hmm. You know, and he does happen to be a Republican. I get it. Okay, but. I will once again say I think Young Americans for Liberty is one of the best organizations out there. Mm -hmm. In April, Republican governors in Arizona, West Virginia, and Montana signed similar bills into law, while Arkansas's governor, also a Republican, vetoed a bill. Such measures have passed in the Alabama Senate, the Missouri House, the South Carolina House, as well as legislative committees in Texas, New Hampshire, and Louisiana. Bills also have been introduced in North Carolina, Georgia, Minnesota, Ohio, Nebraska, and Iowa. Look at all of these young Americans for liberty, mm-hmm. probably. <laughs> probably. Uh, well, a lot of people who love liberty who are fighting this at a local level, which is amazing. Many states already defy federal law through both immigration sanctuaries and marijuana legalization. In terms of the method, it's identical, says Sabatini. Sanctuary cities have stopped reporting to or dealing with ICE, Immigration and Customs Enforcement, And that's basically what we're doing. The legal case does not depend on the constitutionality of the laws of the law. A state wants to nullify in this way under the anti commandeering doctrine, a principle that has been upheld in the five Supreme court cases from 1842 to 2018, the federal government can't require state or local officials to participate in the enforcement of federal laws. There we go. Problem solved. Nullification can also flock back upward. Now that 36 states have nullified federal marijuana prohibition by allowing medical or recreational use, Bolden argues the federal government will soon have to follow suit. I think we can replicate that on other issues, he says, and learn that localism is really the way forward for liberty. And we have been talking about that for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. And that's where the Libertarian Party should focus, actually, I think. On local things? On local things. And stop trying to run national candidates. Waste of money. We could actually fix a lot of the problems, a lot of the federal overreaches, if we just focus on our state and local authority. We focus on the sheriffs. We focus on the state representatives and the state senate. And you can actually change a lot of things. A, A lot. You see, like we've talked about a bunch of times, there's a federal prohibition on marijuana. You just have states... 36 of them now they just say oh well you can smoke weed here i know that there's a federal prohibition on it but we don't care you see any federal federales no do you see them (laughs) running in there arresting people no this they need the state to enforce this and the state says they're not going to enforce it Mm -hmm. this is what we need not only are we not going to enforce it but if how if you dare enforce it then you'll be fired and barred from working from the government forever yeah it's pretty good that's that's legit i like this is how we can move forward now of course you know, U.S. Marshals or the DEA or somebody can come and arrest you or the FBI. 
because it is still federal law and they can execute that federal law. But for the most part, it greatly reduces your chances Mm -hmm. of that ever happening. Now, you know, something simple, uh, similar happened. I saw this, um, I believe it was on, um, who's that constitutional lawyer? Um, she was on Stapleton show. Oh, I know who you're talking about. I can't remember her name right now though. Christine, um, Christina, something like that. Paul, maybe? No, no, that's not it. It's not it at no. all. Okay. Anyway, I, uh, Kansas did something similar, but then the guy who started making silencers and stuff got arrested. He was posting them on YouTube and the, the federal government came and arrested him and the attorney general, um, Christine, Christine, what's her name? Christine. I, I don't know. And the attorney general for Kansas wasn't going to stand up for this guy. And that's, that's kind of sad. Yeah. We yeah. just, I really think things like what young Americans for Liberty does, obviously they, uh, they really are. They really are the best organization out there that could, uh, that is actually making changes in the country. They're actually leading to changes. You saw a constitutional carry passed in Kentucky. You see with this guy that yeah was pushing in Florida is pushing forward. This is something that they could actually adopt, actually nullifying federal laws like this. We can we can do these things at the state level and not have to worry so much about what the federal government's doing. And eventually they'll have to follow suit, which mm-hmm. is what the end of the article said. Eventually, once 30 states say that it's okay for people to smoke weed, the federal government starts saying, well hey, maybe we should allow people to smoke weed. And then they get to look like they're allowing it, but really it didn't matter the whole time. It just mattered what the states wanted to do. It's exactly what we talked about Bitcoin yesterday as well. If you haven't listened to yesterday's episode, eventually governments have to follow suit Mm -hmm. because they they, they won't be able to execute their tyranny because there's too many people doing it. Yep. So Okay, so the next article here, this is something we really haven't talked about much, but what they're going after, these people, these tyrannical people at slate.com big old big old lefty publication we know that but i i look through their stuff just to see if there's anything good for the podcast i'm sorry i just saw jeff's gift yeah it's a good one (laughs) and it's um, a baby sleeping with his hand up saying a woman (laughs) so that's classic i you guys know the whole college admission scandal thing that happened. Some people went to prison for a couple months, you know, just to save face. But essentially, rich, famous people paying to get their kids into specific colleges, things like that. And the Supreme Court, it, this is actually going up to the Supreme Court. And Slate wants to make sure that we are focused on the real bad actors here because we can't do anything about this. But here's the thing that we should do something about which is what Slate thinks we should do when it comes to college admissions. They say the real college admissions scandal. The Supreme Court kicked the can down the road today on the case of the Students for Fair Admissions case against Harvard University with an invitation to the Solicitor General to write a brief expressing the view of the United States. But there's a clear tell in the strategy that reveals FFFA does not really care about unearned advantages. It says nothing about people graduating from a private high school. People, they, they're going to make the case in this article that the real college admission scandal is the fact that people who go to private school are more likely to get into colleges. And that's what we need to attack Which right there. Which is clearly an unfair advantage. And it's actually not even true. I, I looked up all the stats on it, too. Okay. Graduating from private high school is a far larger advantage at many top-ranked colleges than playing sports or being a legacy or even having a connection to a donor 
While 10% of students admitted to Harvard's class of 2018 were recruited athletes and 12% were legacies, almost 40% of the class went to private school. If we really want to get rid of the most glaring case of bias at prestigious private universities, we would target private high school students. Mm. Man, we got to fix this problem, which is people go in the private school. Legacy, donor, and athletic preferences should be stripped out of college admissions too. <laughs> athletic preferences. Of course. Should be stripped out. Of, it shouldn't matter if uh, if you're going to be really good for the team or anything like that. that that's just your athletic preference. <laughs> and uh, we got to make sure that's taken away from the college too. But when it comes to tipping the scales away from fairness and equity, private schools outweigh everything else. This is the real scandal in college admissions. Wealthy families pay for their children to attend high schools that receive preferential treatment in the admissions process at highly rejective colleges. That means they reject a lot of people. Now, the article actually disproves itself just a little bit here, which is always fun when articles do that. They, they do it here in, a, here in a minute. But they say the students and their peers at the old non-denominational private schools might be a little less white and a little less wealthy than they were a century ago. But have no doubt, these schools don't look like America. This year's graduating class of public high school students is the first projected to be majority non-white. But almost 70% of private school students are white. So we figure it's wealthy and white. So we got to yes. make sure we do mm -hmm. something about this. It's, we're checking things off the list here that creates an enemy that we need to do something about. That's a product and part of a long history of white people pulling their children out of public schools after desegregation and private schools continuing to make an outsized contribution to school segregation in the United States. That's the only reason. That's it. It's, a, it's people that's... pulling their kids out of schools after desegregation. That's why, that's why you're considering sending your kid that you just had you know, five years ago or whenever, that's, that's, that's why you're thinking about sending your kid to a private school mm -hmm. because of desegregation. <laughs> yeah, that's not because public schools are trash. Like, that couldn't be the reason. No, not because public school teachers can't get fired. No, not because there's no competition in public education. And you're forced to go to a certain one based on your district. That none of those reasons could be it. No, it has to be. You're upset about desegregation. That's that's what it is. Even though, even though critical race theory wants to segregate us all. I just, yeah, but in the right way. So that's segregating that's, in the right way, Charlie. Uh, it's, it's that, it don't make no sense, and I think that's the point. That, that is the, the problem that you're having where I can see your head slowly exploding on camera is that you're trying to make sense of it. And, that's, and it doesn't. Yeah. And so you can't, and so it creates like this computing error. And I, I get it. It happens. For sure, for sure. Twitching. <laughs> Private high schools can cost as much as 70 grand per year. For those prices, students get not only single-digit student-to-teacher ratios, teachers with PhDs, better sports facilities than those at many colleges and art museums. <laughs> better sports facilities than those at many colleges and, and art museums. Okay, not colleges and art museums, because I haven't seen a lot of good... Sports facilities at art museums. That that didn't make any sense there for a minute. Have you seen some sport facilities at some private high schools, though? <laughs> but oh, they're pretty ridiculous, pretty ridiculous I'm sure. Especially here in Tennessee, man. They love their football here, man. But they also get college counselors who work with a fraction of the number of students public school counselors work with. So they just they just disproved one thing where they say wealthy, family, uh, wealthy families are paying for their children to attend these high schools and then get preferential treatment. 
one thing they they notate out here in the article is that if you're going to a private school for like every 50 kids, you have a counselor whose job is to try and get you into a college or to try to get you to go to college. And in public school, it's like 500 kids have a counselor that's trying to get them in the college. And, but this is a problem with the private schools, mm. obviously. Yeah, well, we yeah, got to actually course. do something with that. So both high schools are fully, uh, are full of very talented students, but only one of them pays its director of college counseling $350,000 per year. So they're, they, they really focus on trying to get their kids into college. But we need to stop this. This, see, these people that are getting ahead, we need to do something to stop them. We don't need to do anything for the public schools who do a terrible job getting people into college in relation. We need to do something to stop the people who are actually doing a good job well, it's for the be- students. Well, it's because they're taking all the admissions. Yeah, yeah. There's only so many Harvard admissions to go around. Yep. And once... Once the racist white people eat them all up, well, yep. there's none left for anybody else. So I'll go down to towards the end here. Short of eliminating private schools, <laughs> we cannot eliminate the advantages families purchase by enrolling their children in them. We might, however, reduce some of that by doing some of these things. They basically list out how we can stop people from picking people from private schools. Highly selective colleges might not be ready to break their 100-year relationships with private high schools, but they could certainly become less toxic for everyone else. Now, I actually looked up the statistics on this, by the way. The, the uh, admissions rate, or the rejection rate, that was admissions rate, for the public schools and the private schools, the rate was actually the, the same. Here's the actual big difference. For, for private schools, 95% of the kids who go to private schools go on to college. And for public school, it's like 43%, something like that. So what you, what you have here, because we point out stuff like this all the time, is they're messing around with their statistics a little bit. You see, they're, they're off-weighted. While 7% of the country goes to private schools, some of these schools have 20 or 30% people from private schools. So obviously, there's a disadvantage. If there's 7% of the country in private schools, then only 7% of your college needs to be made up of people who go to private school, right? Well, that wouldn't actually be the case if of those 7%, 95% of them are trying to go to college, and of the people who go to public school, only 40-something percent of them are trying to go to college. So you get way more people from private school trying to apply to go to colleges, and they have counselors, college counselors, working for them, calling around, trying to get them in the school. And then you have 40-something percent of people who go to public school who don't have a college counselor really working for them at all because the numbers are, just don't work out on their $200 billion budget for, for all of that. And then you end up with with uh, you end up with a higher weight of people who go to private school getting into some of these nice colleges. But that's not really the point. The point is some people are doing really well and the people who go into public school aren't doing quite as well. And so to fix that problem, if you're on the left, if you're of this mindset... The actual solution to that problem is to hold down the people that are doing well. You got to hold them back some. You got to hold those people back. It's not it's not the real scandal is that public schools aren't doing a good enough job helping their students get into college. That's not the article. The article is people are accepting too many people go to private schools and we have to stop them from doing that. Just just keep note. That's mm-hmm. what the article is and that's what that mentality does. Joe says that public schools Public school kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. 
That's very true. That's, that's so good. I know that's not something we talk about very much, but I just thought that that was just an egregious article yeah. from them. But it's from Slate. I'm I mean, glad you found it. What are you going to do? Yeah, and the whole notion's ridiculous. And also, I, I, I'm kind of curious what the Supreme Court did here. Um, I'll have to look that up because I don't know exactly what happened. But they, they basically uh, gave gave the case to the Solicitor General. Uh, yeah, the one, oh, the current say, one that's going on right now? Yeah. I think they're essentially just trying to, well, what they say at the beginning of the article, they're just trying to kick the can down the road a little bit. Like this isn't a <clears throat> Supreme Court yeah, decision? Yeah, like, like this, I don't really care kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, this So let's stall. Let's just, let's just stall a little bit. Yeah, well, and it's like we're not going to, you guys realize, it, uh, let's see this, and this is something Jordan Peterson talks about. What do we actually want in life? You know, do you want a bunch of mediocre people building rockets to go into space, right? Or do you want the actual best people to get into Harvard and MIT and uh, Yale, whatever, all the prestigious universities? Do you actually, do you want the actual best people to get in there? Now, of course, some people are going to get in there because of money. I, I get that. But that's not the vast majority of people who get into those schools, by the way. Most of them are people who are extremely smart at least extremely did did really well on grades. They were good at making grades. Well, because what those colleges care about are their scores because it's their it's their ability to churn out really smart people that keeps them able to charge the amount of money that they charge. So they need to accept the smartest possible Asians that they can, you know? Mm -hmm. And I can say that because I'm part Asian. Exactly. It's fine. I can anyway. say that. All right, next up, uh, Rand Paul, um, this guy obviously is crazy a, guy is a joke mm, can't and, stand him and a bloke mm -hmm. if you're from a the real, uk a real bloke yep is that a bad thing or a good thing I, I think it just means a guy just a regular dude just a just a, yeah just a dude just no bloke yeah you know? okay i got you so he's uh according to cnn here uh ram paul is not a big fan of uh democracy that's the that's what the title says uh, i'm ron burgundy <laughs> I don't like democracy. How bad is Question it? Question mark. How bad okay. is it? Rand Paul has a very interesting view on American democracy. He's not a fan. All right. Coming straight from CNN, yeah. just so you know. Not a fan of democracy, nor is he a boxer ceiling fan, What's I What's going to be interesting, again, is they're going to make Rand Paul's point during this article. They spend most of the article defending what Rand Paul's views are on this, but mm -hmm. it's the title that matters. I'm also not a fan of democracy either. Yeah. So... Quote, the idea of democracy and majority rule really is what goes against our history and what the country stands for. Rand Paul told the New York Times in a story published Monday, quote, the Jim Crow laws came out of democracy. That's what you get when a majority ignores the rights of others. So, er, what? <laughs> this writer really likes Says doing the, that. Yeah. Paul's point, I think, is that the rights of the minority party in the Senate are sacrosanct because we have a representative democracy where people elect representatives to cast votes on policy rather than a, rather than a direct democracy where people cast votes to decide on what they want. <laughs> Paul means to argue that because people elected to have members of Congress represent their interests, they inherently believe that simple majority rule was not the best answer. He actually doesn't understand the point that Paul is making here. He, he thinks that since we have a representative democracy and we have not just majority votes that that's that's what he means but he's missing the point about democracy when it 
comes to that. He doesn't he doesn't understand what Paul Bob rule. Yeah, he doesn't that, we, that the Jim Crow laws were voted on and and came out of that. That's what happens when the majority ignores the minority. Mm. All right. I just had to say that. Paul Paul's view uh, view echoes that expressed by Utah Senator Mike Lee, an ally of the Kentucky Republican last October. Democracy isn't the objective. Liberty, peace, and prosperity are, I think, is what it should be instead of prosperity. Yeah. We want the human condition to flourish. Rank democracy can thwart that. So what Paul and Lee are trying to do is make a political science argument about representative democracy and its inherent superiority to simply allowing the majority to rule. Um, Side note, I always thought we were an autonomous collective. The yeah, hell is this dude talking about? Cra- I think he was high when he wrote this, which is fine nowadays. By the way, Paul and Lee are going about it all wrong. For starters, democracy is not solely about majority rule. Yes. Well, there's a couple ways of talking about democracy. There's democracy in the, the direct democracy sense, and then there's democracy in the everyone gets a vote kind, yeah. of, thi- kind of sense. So here, here's how he defines it. it it's about, or she... It is about the rights, uh, the right of citizens to have a free and fair say about the way in which the country they live in is governed. That usually takes the form of representative democracy, like what we have in the United States, including one chamber where majority rules the House and one where any single senator has the ability to slow or stop action on a particular policy, thanks to the filibuster. Now, the the filibuster is the, the rule is a rule of the the rules governing the Senate body. Yeah. It's a Jim Crow laws. What it is. Yeah. Actually, yeah. From what I can tell. Um, what's that called? What's the, the, the proper way to conduct a meeting. I can't remember the term for those, I those rules. Somebody help me. I don't care. Um, <laughs> but that's what the filibuster is from the proceed. Yeah. Procedural rules or whatever. Anyway, it's not a big deal. That's why I don't know the name of it. Mm-hmm. And Nate obviously doesn't care. But what I'm meaning is, is that, it's not like the house rules over the Senate. That's, uh, that's kind of seems like what they're saying here, right? No, I, I don't, I, I don't follow. It says one chamber where majority rules the house and one where any single Senator has the ability to slow or stop action on a particular policy. Thanks to the filibuster. Mm-hmm. But the filibuster is a rule in the Senate, but it's part of the procedural rules. Yeah. So, Then there's Paul's attempt to use Jim Crow laws as evidence of the dangers of majority rule, which doesn't candidly make a ton of sense. Jim Crow laws passed primarily in Southern and border States immediately following the end of the civil war were primarily intended on at lessening black Americans ability to exert influence and power over the political system. Jim Crow's root goal was to keep a small number of white people in power at the expense of black majorities. See, he completely missed the point. He, he just said it's not the him talking about Jim Crow laws doesn't make any sense because Jim Jim Crow laws were meant to keep people down. He missed the entire point, which was that the Jim Crow laws were passed by a majority, right? And that it was the majority ruling over the minority. He missed the entire point of what Paul was saying and wrote a whole article about <laughs> yeah, how he missed yeah. it. Which, well, has some unfortunate parallels in the modern moment for Paul. Already more than a dozen Republican-controlled states have passed laws that make it harder to vote <laughs> since the 2020 election alone. Just like Jim Crow laws. <laughs> Just, Same thing. It's Jim Crow 2.0, remember? Yeah, of course. 
Study after study shows that limiting polling hours requiring an ID to vote and limiting early voting disproportionately impacts communities of color. Those sorts of laws do the exact thing that Paul is touting as proof positive of the negative effects of majority rule governance. This guy, he... Three things have always been true of Paul. One, he is utterly convinced he is smarter than just about anyone. See, this is what happens when you're right, usually. Yeah. Typically, when you're right, somebody will come after you and be like, well, you don't have to be so condescending <laughs> about your rightness. You don't. Like, you just think you're right all the time. Yeah. I'm sorry, but when you're right all the time, maybe you would start to have an attitude about <laughs> being right all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see anything wrong with it, tell you the truth. And uh, two, two, he tends to think and talk in broad theoretical terms without considering lived experiences. <laughs> lived experiences. <laughs> what is this article? I don't know. This, is this article not broad <laughs> theoretical terms? Here's what the article is. They say, hey, Johnny, we have an article title. Rand Paul doesn't like democracy. Okay, go. <laughs> and he's he gets it done. They're... He's like, do you guys want to read it? Like, no. Is the title still Rand Paul doesn't like democracy? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, yeah. And they go, no, post it. Let's I smoked it out there. I smoked three bowls while writing this thing. <laughs> I don't care. Number three, he loves to create controversy via trolling. As if this article doesn't create controversy with its title. <laughs> when all three of those character traits combine, you get moments like this from Paul. Moments in which he sounds more like a college student in a late night riff session over Alexis Day to Tocqueville to Tocqueville's Democracy in America and a lot less like a United States senator. <laughs> Jesus He's Christ, where do these people come from? <laughs> who wrote this and who hurt this, this person? This is from CNN. Oh. I want to know who wrote it though. I don't know. I think they have one of those AI systems write this, I'm pretty sure. Is that, that, is that what it. it is? That must have been it. I'm going to find out. It doesn't out. make any sense at all. I'm going to find out who it was. Okay, well, Charlie's finding out who that was. I have a something we haven't talked a whole lot about here in a while on the podcast. So Ted Cruz posted this thing of him doing the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag and helicopter. And so he said this didn't... What did he say? Hang on. Hang on, by the What's way. Up? It says, it doesn't say who actually um, wrote this, but it says the analysis was by Chris Saliza. He's the CNN editor at large. Well. Who approved this message. He approved this message. That is insane. Yeah. By the way. <laughs> My God. That article made no sense and they completely missed the point. The, re the point that Paul is making is that a democracy, a, especially a direct democracy, democracy is tyranny, okay? Democracy is two wolves and a sheep voting on what's for dinner or deciding what's for dinner, okay? That's, that's literally what democracy in a direct democracy majority rule sense is. Two wolves and a sheep, they get to vote on what's going to be for dinner tonight. So what's going to be for dinner? It is the majority rule over the minority. And that is what Paul is trying to say. What he says is Jim Crow laws came out of a democracy, out of a majority vote. And he's making a good point there. And this person completely missed it because they're like, well, that doesn't make any sense because Jim Crow laws were taking rights away from black Americans and do it. That's exactly the point. It was how, a majority vote. And how did Jim Crow become law? How was slavery, uh, slavery legal? Think about all this stuff. Like, how are these things even possible? Plus, you could learn this from the Patriot anyway. Well, Mel Gibson tells the people <laughs> what he says. Why? 
Would I trade one tyrant 3,000 miles away for 3,000 tyrants one mile away? One of the best and, lines in the movie. And then he says, a democracy can trample a he man's rights. an elected legislature. An elected legislature can trample a man's rights as easily as a king can. You must already be asleep by that time. I don't know. That's that. That might be. True. I haven't seen that one in a while. <laughs> Got to brush up on it. All right. Speaking of America, so the Pledge of Allegiance. Ted Cruz posted this video of him doing the Pledge of Allegiance. He's awkwardly standing next to a flag with someone videoing him doing the Pledge of Allegiance. I won't play that for you, but just imagine Ted Cruz standing awkwardly next to a flag reciting the Pledge of Allegiance, which most everyone knows. He says this didn't used to be controversial. Hashtag Flag Day. Now listen. I happen to love America as much as the next guy, okay? The idea of America. Completely love the idea, for sure. But the country, the government, they do a lot of things that really piss me off a lot. They honestly do. They do a lot of things that I consider to be egregious, murderous, terrible things all the time. They got people kept in cages. They drop bombs in places where I don't think they need to drop bombs. They take money from people without their consent. They do a lot of really terrible things that I don't agree with. So when it comes to doing a Pledge of Allegiance to the flag and to America, I I don't really like that idea. I just got to tell you guys. And if you think that uh, I'm way off base here, then let me know. But when you're pledging allegiance to that country and to that flag, you're saying, hey, whatever you guys do, I'm good with it. I have pledged my allegiance, hand over my heart. You guys are good and I'm going to be allegiant to you, whatever it is that you do. This is my country, this is my flag, and I'm going to back it, okay? That's what the Pledge of Allegiance says to me. Well, it goes against the Pledge of Allegiance anyway. Yeah. Like the, the government does. It, it, it does, actually. Yeah. I pulled up a... I, I read an article earlier from Fee, and it, just so you guys know, this is some people's favorite because thing to say, but the Pledge of Allegiance was written by a socialist. <laughs> I mean, it actually was. Francis Bellamy, socialist minister. Okay? It's but, a very socialist thing. To do. Yes. Or nationalist. But even in the, the Pledge of Allegiance itself, it contradicts itself. Because it does. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. So there's two, I think, two lines in there that are very um, uh, particular, uh, which is to the republic for which it stands, which we're turning into a, a non-republic here. We're, we're working our way into not being a, 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 an actual republic. Everybody wants democracy. So that's what yeah. we just talked about. And then also liberty and justice for all. Well, there's not seen a lot of liberty these days. Well, there's other things too. One nation under God. We're not going to talk about the under God thing. Okay. I get, I get it. There's religious aspects to saying under God there, there, there really are. Okay. And I don't think that some people who don't believe in God or have different gods or whatever need to be expected to say that. Really, you say whatsoever. over God, under God, over God, beside you know? God. So whatever it is, but one nation that really goes against the founding principles, the Federalist principle, the idea that we are fifty separate nations, and they happen to come together to form a union so we could we could negotiate trade and we could fight wars. They happen to come together for that. Okay? We could have one person who was who could talk to kings. Yeah, yeah. So he was like a kind of royalty. In indivisible, there's no way that people who uh, you know 
seceded from another country or then people who had states that seceded at one point in time. There's no there's no way that our country is in our one nation is indivisible. It's not like it's in 50 separate pieces or anything like that, that it goes completely against what the founders would have ever envisioned. I think that the founders would find someone who's who thinks that we should be forced to say the Pledge of Allegiance. And I think I think they'd sock them right in the mouth, man. I really do. I think they'd punch them right in the teeth. They'd, they'd knock their, their teeth front, the artery. They'd knock their teeth front <laughs> beaver teeth out. Yeah, I just don't. I don't see it as a very American. The original, the idea of us being these fifty separate nations, essentially, the idea that we were <clears throat> individuals, that the government could that was a necessary evil potentially, but that we needed to alter or abolish it. That would be our our duty to alter or abolish it, that we'd someday be putting our hand over our hearts and pledging allegiance to the country itself. It sounds extremely un-American to me. You're, that's, that's not what being American, America doesn't, being American doesn't mean that you have to be a nationalist, you know? It doesn't mean that you have to pledge allegiance to whatever the heck it is that your country is or doing or anything. I don't like what the country is right now. Is it better than most other countries? Well, hell yeah, man, it sure as hell is. I'll tell mm-hmm. you what. But I, I'm not going to pledge allegiance to it because I don't like a lot of the things it does. So I don't know. You guys just, uh, you guys let me know I'm way off on that. Charlie sent me a pretty funny video earlier on TikTok. Well, real quick, it's kind of antithetical to the Liberty message writ large. Yeah. <laughs> just the idea that you could be, I mean, I don't know who's being forced to do it, but. Yeah. Well, and look, and, and Ted Cruz, you're free to post a video and say this didn't used to be controversial all you want. I, mm-hmm. Who's making it controversial? But also, like, is that uh, happening right now that I just don't know about? Yeah, there's a lot of, you know, schools that are, they literally do, they're they, not doing it anymore. I or guarantee whatever. they talk to their campaign manager and they're like, how can I score some political points today? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, a lot of conservatives seem to care about the Pledge of Allegiance. Maybe you should do that. And he's like, well, I could do that. I could surely do that for my Texans. Now, some people... Right before I hop on my jet. I posted a video talking about this on TikTok, and the first person that commented said, you're an idiot. <laughs> and I said, that's a compelling argument, uh, but I'm going to go ahead and disagree. Listen, it doesn't mean that I don't like America or anything. I started off the conversation by saying that I love America. Okay? The idea. Doesn't mean I love what it is right now. I got a freaking... American flag right here on my shirt. I wear some kind of shirt that's got an American flag on it every single day. I got a Galdern Eagle and a Liberty Torch tattooed on my arm over here. Okay? I ain't no anti-American. All right? But I I think that being... You're anti-terrorist. I think that being American, <laughs> the idea means that you need to criticize your government and let it know, hey, you can't take us for granted. You can't just do whatever the hell it is that you want and we're just going to be allegiant to you. It doesn't set the right principles, really. Not the right precedent for the country. Well, well, they all pledge allegiance so I can do whatever the hell I want. No, I don't mm-hmm. like it, man. Mm-hmm. I just ain't no fan of that. I ain't no fan. All right. Joe, uh, Charlie, tell me what's going on here in this video before we well, play. Well, this is going to be probably make dumb bleep on Friday, I bet. Uh, we just couldn't wait. Yeah. Okay, I saw this. I saw several of these clips, actually, on the old TikToks. And that's what I do on TikTok. I research for the show. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, when I come across these and these ones I find, I send them over to Nate in the podcast notes. And actually, I just text it to you. But anyway, 
Uh, Joe Biden was at the G7 summit, I think. Um, went from G6 to a G7, I think, now. And a reporter had asked him if Putin, um, if he still believes that Putin is a killer ahead of their face-to-face meeting. Let's see. I think as this- if as if Putin was going to kill Biden in the meeting. <laughs> I still, uh, let's see if the this is at the right timing. TikTok doesn't have a thing where you can scroll back on time or anything like oh, that. You got to right. refresh the video. So let's make sure this is good. But look, um, when I was asked that question on air, I answered it honestly. But it's not much of a, I, I, I don't think it matters a whole lot in terms of this next meeting we're about to have. In a weekend interview, Vladimir oh, Putin was the, laughed yeah. at the suggestion that you had called him a killer. Is that still your belief, sir, that he is a killer? <laughs> Answer the first question. <laughs> I'm laughing, too. They actually. Uh, well, look, I mean, he has made clear that. Uh, uh, The answer is, <laughs> I believe he is in the past Jesus. acknowledged that he was, uh, there are certain things that he would do or did do. But look, um, when I was asked that question on air, I answered it honestly. That's a, that was but at least, it's not much of a, that I, was I, at I, least I don't, I don't like an eight second pause. In terms of- <laughs> or it felt, felt longer than that. Look, uh, he's made clear that, uh, And just look, look, (laughs) oh man, it's, Uh, it's almost like someone was talking to him in his earpiece. That's the, uh, that's the president of the United States. I don't know. I don't know if this is better. I got to tell you what. Yeah. I, okay. I'm not going to say, I was going to say I miss Trump, but it's really for entertainment purposes. Okay. (laughs) You're right. Way more fun to watch what it was just as cringy to tell you the truth. I miss his predecessor too. I couldn't. Oh, I miss him. I miss him. (laughs) (laughs) My predecessor needed to. (laughs) Yeah. It's, um, it's something else. And, uh, it's okay to make fun of him because here's the deal. Uh, he's trying to control our lives, and he does a lot of really terrible, tyrannical things. So a normal old person that has Alzheimer's or dementia or whatever, don't make fun of them. That's really mean to do. But if they're trying to control your life and potentially put you in a cage for something you should be allowed to do, make fun of them all you want. Okay? I could agree more. Yeah. So I'm going to. Okay. All right. So more. Well. I, I agree more. If you all enjoyed today's episode, which I know you did... Hit that subscribe button like Nate said. Send us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and share the show with your lovely friends and your steaming enemies. All right? Share the show with all of them. Share it with the children, with the aunts, the uncles, the cousins, the brothers, the sisters, and the mothers, and fathers, and grandfathers, and and grandpappies. And a helicopter. (laughs) And helicopters. Share it with the whole world. In fact, get in a helicopter and play it loud over a giant boombox like they had in the 80s. Okay? If you guys do all of that and uh, go to patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty and mastermystonks.com, then we will be back tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good morning. Liberty. I said I need to, needed to. <laughs> My predecessor. Oh, God, I miss him. <laughs>